On today's episode of the Utah High School Hoops podcast, I am joined by Bountiful's head coach, Gus Sopena. I hope I said your last name right. This is the Utah High School Hoops podcast. This is the Utah High School Hoops podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Meek. What's up, coach? Did I get your last name right on the intro? Yes, sir. How are you, Adam? All right. I'm doing great. Uh, this is, a, this is going to be a first for the podcast. So we kind of, I put this out, let me, let me kind of tease this out for everybody. So they know how we got here. So I put out this question on Instagram, like, Hey, who should I interview? And I got some recommendations and, uh, coach, coach G sop as your, uh, as, as it says up here, uh, was, was one of them. And so I reached out and I was like, Hey, you should come on the podcast. It turns out we're recording this the day after I got to watch Bountiful play, uh, in a victory over the Judge Memorial Catholic Bulldogs, which was last night in the auxiliary gym for it's a retro night. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, that was. Uh, yep. I was waiting for I was waiting for uh, Gene Hackman to come out, and we needed like the Hoosiers <laughs> jerseys. <laughs> that would have been fantastic, right? Uh, yeah, we uh, weren't quite there last night with the retro. That would have been pretty. That would have been pretty legit, though. If you pulled out some just like old, nasty, bountiful. Was it the bountiful Braves? Is that who they used to be? Yep, correct. Okay. All right. Yep. And then, then became the, the the Red Hawks, right? I got that. Yeah the the Brave is still a little sensitive here right now. So oh, we sold some old gear last night, and you know, some of the fans were like, "Hey, we're not Braves anymore. We're Red Hawks." But yeah, okay. We tried a little bit last night with the retro theme, so. All right, got it, got it. Well, we won't uh, we won't adjudicate the uh, <laughs> the, the controversy at, at <laughs> Bountiful, I guess. Um, right. But it was great. Uh, it was a, it was a it was a cool environment. It was a little bit different. Uh, my son actually, uh, who plays for Judge, texts me and he's like, "Hey, I think I played here for Young Bloods one time." I was like, "Okay, great." So <laughs> that was uh, that was <laughs> this is the first time I've ever had. Like I watched uh, the opposing coach to the school that my son plays for, and then be like, "Hey, let's get on and, and do an interview." But uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. So, uh, Me too. how many how many podcasts have you done, Coach? Uh, this will be my second one. All right, all right. Yeah, that's, that's one more than most people normally have done. Just so you are. There you go. You're aware. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Coach, why don't you, I'd love to hear? Uh, I intentionally did not ask you a whole lot about your background or anything because I love the, the organic nature of the discovery here at the beginning. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about yourself. You know, do you, are you, or did you grow up in Utah? How did you, is this your first, did I say this is your first year at Bountiful? It is. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah. So just a little bit about your, your history. How did you get to, to this place? Yeah. Uh, so born in South America, um, hence why I have the name I have and have a Hispanic background. Didn't really grow up there, moved out there, moved out from uh, South America when I was really little, like six months old, pretty much. Which, which country? And, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, big Uruguay. country. Uruguay. Okay. Uruguay. Yep. So 
um, ended up moving up to Philadelphia, and that's kind of what I consider home is Philly. Uh, lived there for most of my life, and then uh, came back from an LDS mission and went out to came out to Utah and tried the BYU route for about a year. It wasn't for me. Did UVU for another year, and then ended up at Southern Utah University in Cedar City. And met my wife there, who was also studying to be a teacher and a coach, just like me. Uh, um, and then, yeah, we pretty much started teaching up in Utah County, did our student teaching up in Utah County, and then been up here for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. And yeah. The last couple of years, I've been at Timview High School, assistant Izzy Ingle over there, uh, which has just been awesome. I've known Izzy for a while. When I got the job at my junior high to teach in Orem, he was the Timpanogos coach at the time. And so he had reached out to me and we touched base. And so long story short, like known him for a long time. And I coached at Mountain View for a couple of years, helped out Andrew Blanchard there um, and Nate Carlin. So, and then I also coached the SUU. So I was a, a student manager my first year at SUU under Roger Reed, and then uh, became kind of an assistant grad, assistant coach and helped with director of basketball operation roles. And so I did that for three years and yeah, that's a little bit about my coaching and kind of teaching background. So uh, if Philly is your home, where does Allen Iverson rank? as on the best pound for pound basketball players. So not the greatest of all time. We all know this, Michael Jordan. Sorry, LeBron right. James. You're a LeBron guy, but I'm <laughs> like, it's not even a question. Um, no, I agree. But, but pound for pound though, where does AI on, is AI like one of your favorite players? Oh, absolutely. Okay. He was for me growing up too. So yeah, but my favorite player of all time. So um, one of my favorite memories growing up was I was at the game where he got to cross over Michael Jordan. Oh. Um, so that was an incredible moment. I'm never going to forget. So huge fan of his. I have like five or six in different, different styles of his Jersey still, um, you know, wore the sleeve all the time in high school when he was playing. So yeah, he's by far my favorite player or number three in high school. It's like my favorite oh, number yeah. because of AI. So yeah, he's by far my favorite player of all time. That's great. I, uh, um, didn't know that. That's why I like the the fun uh, nature of this. So I almost yeah. named. So I have I, we have five kids, and my oldest daughter, her name is Vivian. But there was a moment okay. where we were going to name her Iverson and call her Ivy. That's awesome. I just loved watching Allen Iverson play basketball. Um, Amen. And it wasn't always pretty, but there was always just like a grit like a gritty determination to his game that I felt like he just was like, I'm, I just am not going to lose. And, you know, Michael had that same thing. And I don't know. I just, I, when, when he, I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan. So I'm from Colorado originally. And the day his first game in Denver, my wife looked at me and she was like, you're like giddy. Like this is a first date. I'm like, it is like a first date. I get to watch one of my favorite players where my team Denver awesome. never had good things happen ever. Right. <laughs> so it was, right. it was awesome. Uh, that's cool. I, yeah. So my dad's from Philly. Um, oh, and, and so I've always kind of had this, like, I, I've always loved the, the Colorado teams, but the, the Eagles like Randall Cunningham was my favorite quarterback when I was growing up. 
uh, yep. you know, the, the Phillies, like, although, you know, like Lenny Dykstra, I've heard he's not doing super hot these days, but you know, that kind of like, there's just kind of always this, yeah. this grittiness to the city that I always sort of loved and would, I would always kind of root for, uh, you know, even like yeah. Aaron McKee and you know, Villanova and Temple. And I don't know, I just, those were, those were just kind of the teams that I, those are my East coast, like cheater teams it's like okay yeah. well, i'm not gonna root for the for for my colorado teams philly's gonna get some love man i love that adam that's so cool i love all the names you drop like yeah philly is such a huge part of my personality uh i think if if you were to ask people you know name a couple of things that stick out about gus and coach soap people would probably say passion that's probably one of the first three things and i totally get that from the city of philadelphia you know uh, we're famous for booing santa claus and doing all those types of things. And so, yeah, those, that grittiness, that passion, uh, that, you know, um, booing our players when they're not playing their hardest, um, those kind of traits are just totally invested in my body and my mindset and kind of make up a lot of who I am actually. So like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I loved Randall Cunningham. I used to like Rodney Pete a lot when he was the quarterback for the Eagles. Like Eric Snow was one of my favorite players. Holly Holly Robinson's husband. Exactly. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. Reggie White when he was there. I mean, uh-huh. that, that was, yep. uh, yeah, Chris Carter. I mean, those are some, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't watch a ton of, I don't have a lot of time to watch NFL football these days, but I've heard the Eagles are okay. They're pretty good, right? <laughs> Uh, they're, they've been better recently, so they're going okay. through a little bit of a bad, you know, stride right here right now, but it's all right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, I won't, we won't, we'll avoid two <laughs> topics now. I have two topics to avoid. <laughs> Mascots <laughs> and, Donald and the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Um, well, that's, that's awesome. I love hearing that. Uh, love hearing that introduction. Um, hey, as I mentioned to you before, uh, we have a wonderful sponsor called Label. And so, when we come back with uh, with Coach Sopena, the right Sopena, right? Like Pena Boulevard yep. in Denver. Okay. Yep. Coach Sopena, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about his team this year, which I got to watch uh, a little bit of 5A. Sounds like you've got obviously not just your time with Bountiful this year, but uh, a history with you know with schools like Tim Few. So talk a little bit about 5A, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. So we'll be right back after this break. Did you know that 89% of consumers say they've stopped buying from a brand after just one bad buying experience? Well, that's where Label comes in. Label Protect is a brand-first, buyer-focused protection solution that's uniquely designed to make shipping issues a thing of the past. Instead of leaving your buying experience to chance, you can give your customers peace of mind at checkout, knowing their orders are 100% covered from loss, theft, damage, and more. And with a 98% claim approval rate, 24-hour resolution time, and best-in-class revenue share, Label reduces customer support overhead, protects your bottom line, increases profits, and most importantly, Label keeps your customers coming back for more. So whether you ship 100 orders a month or 100,000, it's time to make the final mile part of your competitive advantage with Label. L-A-B-L-P-X dot com or just click the link down in the show notes. All right, we are back and uh, we're here with Coach Gus Sopena. 
Uh, so coach, this is your first year at Bountiful as we discussed. Um, when you, when you took the job, I'm guessing you had a little bit of an idea of what the roster was looking like. And, um, you know, so how has that been playing out relative to kind of what you were hoping and expecting for the year? That's a great question, Adam. Uh, I would say it's actually turned out a little bit better than what I originally thought. Uh, I knew coming in that the Smith boys, you know, Carson and Charlie were kind of the foundational pieces of the team. And I wasn't quite sure much about everything else. Uh, there was, um, you know, we have a, a big, tall center, number 11 right now, Falatau Satuala, who plays in our team, who you saw last night. He was kind of a big question mark for us going into the season. We weren't quite sure if he wanted to pursue basketball again this year. So it, it was um, it was a little hard at first because, you know, Bountiful made a run in, in 5A football this year to the state title game. And so major props to Coach Freck on that. But um, so Falatau was a big question mark for us. And then we weren't quite sure what else we had after that. We knew that we had some uh, seniors coming in that didn't really have a ton of varsity experience. And those guys uh, have turned out a little bit better than what I thought as well. Uh, talking specifically about Artie Garcia and Sawyer Crane. Um, and then after that, I think the biggest surprise for me has been Bryson Heath. He's uh, our number uh, number one jersey uh, mm. One of our, you know, point guard shooting guards, uh, you saw him play last night. He, uh, yeah. I think he had 14 last night and he's been just a, just an extremely great surprise. Like he's just a natural with the ball in his hands. Anytime as it happens many times in high school basketball, when the plays break down, you got to have someone that can kind of take um, advantage of the opportunities and maybe create their own kind of shot. And Bryson's by far one of the best in the team at that. And so, I kind of figured he needed to be a day one starter, even though he has really no varsity experience whatsoever as a sophomore or junior. So uh, long answer, it's been much better than what I anticipated coming in. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and especially in with, with the, the shot clock, this is what the second season that the shot clock's been around. I mean, you got to have a guy yeah. that when your offense, when your set's not working and they're taking stuff away, especially as you get into region play and either the huddle tapes are out and, you know, you probably had a little bit of an advantage early because maybe people are like, we don't really know what they're going to run. And, you know, now right. film is out there. It's like you got to have that kid who can say, you know what, give me the ball. I'm going to go create something here. There's 10 seconds left. Uh, and, and, you know, we didn't need to you didn't. I mean, it's always nice to have in Utah, but when you don't have a shot clock, you can kind of keep running your set until the defense. Somebody on the defense just says, oh, my gosh. And they have that moment and then <laughs> they yep. get back. Cut. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's great. So is it a um it, it, is it a it, would you say then it's a, a not a balanced roster like do you have juniors and seniors primarily that are 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 the contributors? I didn't look at what what the classes were of the kids. I just I saw their numbers and I knew I knew Carson and Charlie. Those were the the two guys that I knew. Uh right. and I only knew them through AJ uh AJ Jackson who runs the Utah Ballers. Um yep. When I asked him, I was like, who, you know, who plays for Bountiful? We're playing them. He said, oh, these two guys are great. So, um, yeah. But is it mostly juniors and seniors then? Uh, yeah, probably in our top eight right now, I would say yeah, it's mostly juniors and seniors. We're kind of at this. I think most teams are probably kind of going through this. At, if they're not now, they probably will be really soon. But we're at that stage where, you know, when we have had some 
difficult times with some losses. We've tried different lineups out and tried to kind of work with different guys. So we're at this tough transition stage where we're trying to kind of figure out those last three to four guys behind, um, you know, Faltau and our other big guy, Emerson Gauman, who was the starting quarterback for the football team. We know he's kind of one of our big guys that we're going to rely on. And then after Bryson, Charlie and Carson, it's kind of up in the air right now. So we've been kind of relying more on the seniors and juniors. But some of those sophomores we have, one of them played last night, ended up guarding um, uh, Salcedo, I believe, if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Sorry if I'm not. <laughs> no, it's he correct. did a great job on him. So Lincoln Smith is what I'm talking about. So there's some there's some hungry sophomores kind of barking at those juniors and seniors uh, coming for their minutes. So we'll kind of just play a few more region games and kind of see how it goes. But, yeah, I would say it's mostly juniors and seniors right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think that uh, you said his name is Lincoln Smith. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great example. I, I posted this on on Twitter the other day, but since I've started the podcast, I've had some younger players, you know, freshmen and sophomores reach out to me and say, you know, hey, any any suggestions on, you know, how to how to how do I get more playing time or how to get the coach's attention? And I'm always saying exactly what uh what um he did last night, which is I'm like you're probably not going to, unless you're just an exceptionally talented offensive player, you know, like Dean down at Timview or yeah. Uh, uh, who's the kid up at uh, Bodie up at Davis or, you know, Isaiah yep. Highland, like unless you're just an exceptionally talented offensive player, you're go- the only way you're going to get on the court is if you are an absolute dog defensively. And if you have, if you bring a ton of energy on the bench, I'm like, it, it, Amen. something else there, but those things are, it's that Philly stuff, right? It's like, that's the, if you can be gritty if you can be intense, if you can bring energy, coaches love that stuff. And you think coaches just want the AI crossover, the step back threes. It's like they can't. There's only there's only one ball, kids. And if you're trying to get on the court, yep. you got to go do something. And just you know, just like he did last night, he was face guarding yep. Aiden Salcedo, you know, the whole time. And uh, in that second half, I think Aiden only had, I think he had two points in the second half. Yeah, correct. Uh, so. Yeah, it's a great example of a sophomore. Uh, he played. I think he played in the JV game too, didn't he? He did. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, it, but I mean, I guess kind of speak to the younger players, not just at Bountiful, but in general, right? It, is that is that about accurate for most coaches? I mean, you've coached in college now. You've been at, you know, you've been at a few different schools. It seems like that's true regardless. Even if you're a rookie in the NBA, if you're Christian Brown of the Denver Nuggets, if you want to be a contributor on the world championship team, you got to play defense and you got to be an at you, you got to be able to knock down shots. Just if you're open, you got to be able to make it and you have to be a dog. Yep. On defense. yep. Yeah. And, you know, defense, like I always tell our teams is, is, in my opinion, all about, you know, your attitude and your effort. Right. It's all mentality. Uh, when it comes to the defensive end, there's obviously skill involved and there's, you know, skills that we can coach and teach and try to make better. But at the end of the day, it's all about that mentality. And that's a that's a key thing that we try to teach our guys about. And then to kind of answer your question about, like, speaking to the younger guys, not just my guys, I would say the same thing I say to our team. I, you know, one of our big we have three big C's at our program. We have, you know, communication, uh, compete and consistency and compete is like huge. And every drill we do is competitive. We have a winner and a loser in every drill. We talk about how when we lose, we're really just learning. Like those are learning opportunities. It's so like after a loss, 
I'm not going to go in the locker room and yell at the kids. I'm just going to come out and say, okay, what did you learn from this game tonight that we can hopefully improve and get better at next time? And so those are some key aspects, some standards, so to speak, that we have in our culture and our program. And so we just stress competition. And I have told everyone from day one that, you know, not to sound rude or frank, but like, frankly, I don't really care what your last name is, who your dad is, what you did last year. Like we're coming in here and we're competing. And I don't care if it's a freshman, if it's a junior, if it's a senior or a sophomore, like we're going to play the, the best eight kids that give us the best chance to win and that play the best together, have the best attitude, the best effort, who are relentless in all those areas. And defense is just such a great, you know, equalizer for, for players. I feel like, you know, if you want to get more minutes, just like you elegantly said just a minute ago, you got to get in there and have that dog mentality and just go play some defense. Right. And if you do that, then you're going to get minutes because at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what wins championships. Like the old adage says, right. So yeah, yeah just don't let, don't let status, you know, define who you are as a player, just because you're a freshman or a sophomore doesn't mean you can't contribute in some way, shape or form to a varsity squad. And I think sometimes in my experience, again, this is just, just my opinion. I, I think if you have an open mind as a head coach and you have that competition, um, that's what, you know, Izzy did at Timview all the time. And I was always a part of, and just learned so much from that. I, I think if you, if that's present, then it just makes your team so much better. You know, it, competition is just such a great equalizer kind of see where guys are at mentally, where they're at with their attitudes and so, yeah, those are those are those things I would say to just focus on the kind of separate yourself and continue to try to just challenge yourself to maybe see if you can make juniors and seniors ahead of you better and, you know, get on the court by playing some hard defense. And like you said, knock down a shot when you're open. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember the kid. Uh, I think he was number 31. Uh, hit a, He had a three at the end of the third quarter. I think it was the only shot he made. It was a huge shot. I mean, it was like it was big momentum swing. You know, I don't know if he was an underclassman or not, but it, that, I was like, wow, that was, is that the same kid that we were talking I, about? Yeah, that's the same kid. I was just going to say yeah. that's Lincoln Smith, that sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't have to keep, we don't have to go through the entire game, but in the moment of the game, it's a 10 point game. It's the end of the third quarter. I think judge had just missed two free throws, you know, so there's a big difference between an eight point lead going into the fourth and, you know, maybe people, maybe kids get a little tight. And then you have a 13 point lead going into the fourth and there's a little bit more looseness to the team. It positively loose. It's not just like, Oh my gosh, we're so much better, but just like, yeah, we got this. And you know, that yeah. those are moments in a game where not only is the kid Lincoln playing great defense, but then he is, he is rewarded because he he's, he's trusted by his team to knock down the shot. And I thought that was, uh, it was, it was an indication, not only of that, but then just the, the the joy that happens afterwards of the culture that you're putting together there um in such a short period of time so yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more so well said sorry oh, thanks. no it's fine it's fine uh so let's let's kind of start start winding this down here but i want to talk a little bit about about 5a in general um so at the beginning of the year i did a, a 5a preview and i i admitted when i started this podcast i will keep admitting it right now I am not a Utah high school basketball historian. I coached a 1A basketball team last year, and I had to scout a few 1A basketball teams last year. I was not <laughs> sitting here breaking down film of, you know, Corner Canyon right. and Alton and all these teams. Um, so right. I, I did the 5A preview, 
And it, it seemed like at the beginning of the year, it was kind of like, all right, we've got Alta. And then we have like the, the next tier of teams that if you catch them on an okay day in the, in the playoffs, which Purdue was a one seed, they lost to a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson. This stuff happens yep. all the time in basketball. And if you catch them on that day in the playoffs, you're, you're going to win. I mean, you're going to, you're going to come away with the upset and it's not a series. It's you win and, or you go home. And, you know, Bountiful was, was in that conversation of kind of like one of those teams um, that, that could come out and uh, that, that could come out and make that happen. So as, as we're coming in here to, I think you've already played a couple of region games, right? And your region's tough, uh-huh. right? Do you guys have, sure. you have yourself, um, is Woods Cross in there as well? Yep. Um, who else is in that region up there? Um, we got Roy, Northridge, Roy. Bonneville, yep. Clearfield. Yeah. And we've played, we've played Roy, we've played Northridge. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there, there's no, you know, just like easy outs in that one. Right. Um, but how are, how are you kind of feeling going in? Obviously it's, it's one game at a time, right? You can't really look forward, but, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyways, (laughs) you know, as, as you're looking at the landscape of five, a, and as you kind of pull back a little bit, does it still seem like, has there been either separation or do you feel like, I mean, we'll find out tonight Highland plays Alta that there are, that there are some teams that are kind of creeping a little bit closer and closing that gap down. Where, where are you as you're, as you're looking at this or even a team like Timpview, right? Like there's so many, there seems like there's a bucket of teams. that's just like, I get a little nervous if they see these guys and I would put you guys in that. Well, I appreciate that, Adam. Yeah. I would say as I look over five, a, I think it, it doesn't take a genius to know that pretty much the, you know, the, the, the pack leaders are, are going to be out to an Olympus, obviously well-coached, incredible talent, uh, multiple, double-digit scores on, on both teams, um, guys that you really can't, you know, stop. You can only hope to contain, as they say. So I think, you know, obviously those are the two clear dogs at the front of this pack. And then after that, like you said, I think there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams that are kind of like us and Bountiful, uh, Timview, um, Highland. There's just so many at Orem, so many mm-hmm. other good 5A teams right now that could upset anybody on any given night. And that's what kind of makes it fun and exciting, especially in our region, like you mentioned. Like, you know, we went into a game just last week against a one and eight box elder team, and they played us tough. And we went into overtime and ended up losing by two. And that was that was a tough game. And that's how I feel like it's gonna be like all these games in our region. And so I think it's wide open. And I think that's that's what's gonna make March and February so fun is to kind of see who can separate who and anyone can win on any given night because all of these teams, like you mentioned, they're pretty much like three to 15, I would say they all have key guys who can score the ball. Um, you know, every team has like a Dean Rooker from Tim Few or Charlie and Carson Smith from Bountiful and they're all well coached as well. There's some incredible coaches in five a, and uh, it's just going to make things really, really, really interesting. So we're excited for the opportunity for the challenge and, uh, we're re- we're ready to rock and roll and just not back down and go at it and 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 see if we can give it our best shot. I have no doubt. I mean, that's the uh, that's the Philly in you, right? So, uh, very very well said. I agree. I I think that the 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 basketball talent across the board in Utah uh, seems to be. I don't know what it's like nationwide. I don't really care because I don't I don't right. definitely don't have time to go break down yeah. basketball nationwide. Uh, I can right. just tell you, it seems like. 
there's just more and more talent coming up here than has been in the past. And in talking with people who've been around the sport for a while in the state, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of really talented teams and players and coaches, young coaches and coaches who have been here for for a while. Um, I think tonight, even like you got Wasatch Academy plays Dixie. It's like, yeah. you know, we've got we've got the Utah prep schools and the and the Wasatch Academies here that are bringing talent in from all across the country. It's been a it's been really cool as an outsider to Utah. We moved here five years ago to see it and just to get to know the community. It's a it's a really wonderful community. And if you're into basketball like I am, I tell people this all the time. I mean, I was up at 530 in the morning playing basketball in a church with a bunch of guys I'm like that happens. Love it, it seems like every single morning <laughs> at every block <laughs> in the entire state, there's, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, of, of football, baseball, maybe baseball soon might change, but football, baseball, and the NBA, um, you know, you just, you've got the jazz. I, that's it, you know, and right. It's, it is a basketball state. I just think, I think it's a basketball state and I think that we're seeing a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see, I, I had a prediction. It's probably going to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> but my, my prediction was that either Dixie or Alta would not win four a or five. That was my, cause they're kind of the, the clear, like, I like it. and I just said, you know what? I feel like one of them is going to slip up. I don't know. I don't know who, um, right. And like I said, I'm, Happy to be wrong. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a, I don't, I don't really, I don't care either way, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a big thing for us last year. I feel like not to sound, you know, arrogant, but Tim Few, we had success against Alta last year. We ended up uh, beating them once in region and we had a close game with them in the state title game. And that was a big thing we talked about is that it's hard to always be hunted. Right. And, and have people coming after you and having the best effort from every team come after each night uh, that you play games. And, you know, if one of those key guys has a bad shooting night and the game's close, you just never know what can happen. And so that's kind of what our approach was last year when we were going into Alto to kind of try to go win that game. We had lost a close game to them at home last year uh, just by just a couple of points. And so we knew going in, like, let's take advantage of this mentality that you were just referring to. And so, like uh, I love the bold prediction, Adam. That's awesome. Like I think uh, I think that's true. I think it's hard to come out as a clear number one seed, and you see it all the time in sports. That's what makes sports so awesome, right? Is that you know if you got that dog mentality in you, and that number one seed has an off night, and it's a close game, and they get a little nervous. It's it, anybody, anything can happen, and that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on the the podcast here. It's been a, uh, it's been, it's been fun because the coaches I've had are uh, that I've had on so far are like yourself from Uruguay, uh, <laughs> Stanion from uh, Serbia, oh. uh, was yeah. on, and then um, I had Coach Stanley from LCA, and he, you know, he's he's from the East Coast, so that kind of counts. There but, you go. Uh, right. Yeah, it's just it's it's been cool to get to know the the coaching community here. I'm excited to have a couple of D1 coaches come on and talk about just recruiting in Utah. i uh, got some referees coming on to keep saying this. Parents, stop yelling at referees. It does not help your team at all. It does not help you get <laughs> right. calls. Let the coaches talk to the referees and right. you'll get it figured out. Parents yelling is not helpful. Stop <laughs> doing it, please, for the love of all Amen. things. Uh, you're not making things easier for your coach. Um, 
Amen. Well, coach, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up, but uh, don't, don't hang up on the interview. I forgot to tell you that before we get on, don't hang up, uh, You're good. upload it and we'll hang out and chat afterwards. But um, any, uh, I'll, I'll put your, follow you guys on Instagram, right? You got a bountiful basketball Instagram. That's always, always uh, popping. Yes, sir. All right. I'll give make us sure, a follow. Make sure that links down there. Everyone go follow uh, the, the bountiful Red Hawks. Of, there you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, coach. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you, man. Yeah.